What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's going on? What's going on? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. And talk about becoming kings. Something that's so important to me is uh, is is style. It's it's the way you look on the outside. And I could not be more privileged and honored to have uh, Tanner Guzzi on the uh, no Guzzi. There Guzzi. you go. I see. I just asked you literally no thirty worries. seconds ago. No there you go. Guzzi like fuzzy, and I butchered it. Um, <laughs> thanks for being on, man. And and you're an author. TEDx speaker, you're an image coach, father of five. It's crazy. Latter-day Saint. Got a lot of friends that are uh, that are LDS and nice. uh, such amazing people. So thank you for being on, man. I'm excited Dude, I'm to get to into it. Here. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been following you for a while and, and just, uh, like I said, excited to actually reach out to you and you'd be like, yeah, let's do this. Nice. So I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the men that I've worked with over the years um, certainly struggle around the just the topic of like, not only do they not know kind of where they're going in life in terms of the direction of their career or purpose, but they also maybe uh, have weight to lose. They don't take care of themselves. They, uh, they feel kind of disheveled, so mm-hmm. to speak. So in, in maybe some of the, the men that you work with, what's, what's some of the, the more common challenges off the bat that they run into? Is it just like, I don't know what to wear? Is it uh, the, the more of the deeper disconnect between, I don't know who I am as a man and how that shows up in my, my wardrobe or my style? Yeah. What, what is it that you feel like are some of the common patterns or things that you hear from men? So for most of the guys, and there's a difference between the guys that just first kind of like stumble onto my content and the guys that end up working with me as, as a coach. And for yeah. the guys that end up bringing me on as a coach and working with me, for the most part, the biggest frustration is they've already started to make some progress in their finances, in their fitness and their relationships. They're starting, they're not average guys anymore. They've really started to make this movement. Right. And then they recognize that the way that they present on the outside doesn't align with this intentionality, with this assertiveness, with this desire for improvements that they have on the inside. They still look like they did in college or, that, or they still look like they did before they started their self-development journey. Mm. And they recognize this disparity and they go, well, crap, I got to get this. I got to get this part of my life dialed in too, especially because a lot of times it can create almost this what? It's kind of like nagging in the back of your head where there's that little bit of self-doubt talk. It's like, you haven't really changed that much. You haven't made as much progress as you think you have. It's all fake. It's not as big of a deal as you think it is. And then when they change their appearance to reflect that, because even if you've dropped 30 pounds of fat and your clothes still are the same, that can be hidden unless you catch yourself, you know, in good lighting in the mirror without your shirt on, but it can be really hidden otherwise in your clothing. And so a lot of times it really is just a way to reaffirm that, yeah, I've actually made all the changes that I am and and I'm different on the inside and I'm different on the outside. And I've totally, I've totally progressed in all these arenas. Yeah. I think that's uh, such a a valid point. Excuse me. And uh, I I think what's fascinating is I'm going back and looking at, uh, 
you know, different things that you posted and even your, your book, which is things right behind you, right. The appearance mm -hmm. of, yeah. uh, of power, which is pretty cool. Going back to like men have cared about what they've looked like for a long time. Always. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe you can explain a little bit more of what you sure. talk about in your book and kind of the, the evolution. Cause I think that's a cool foundation to build on. Definitely. Yeah. I think one of the things that's hard about the time in which we live is that we have been relegated to this man cave or this ghetto when it comes to aesthetics and your typical guy is left with graphic t-shirts, cargo shorts, a button up flannel, and then a really crappy suit. And like, that's the acceptable <laughs> aesthetic, yeah, you know, yeah, like right. that's it. That's what we have. And we convince ourselves that real men don't care how they look or that any concern for aesthetics beyond that is somehow dishonorable or effeminate, or there's some negative connotation to it. When the reality is, is as soon as you zoom out of the West in the late 20th, early 21st century, and you look mm. at any other culture across any other point in history and men have always been hyper aware of their appearance and they've always used it as a way to signal masculine things like courage or strength or mastery or honor and ironically the class of men who cared the most about their appearance it wasn't the bureaucrats it wasn't the labor class it wasn't the priest class it was the warriors that were the most attuned to how important their aesthetic was and you had to earn the right to dress like a warrior there was a, there were there were all these rituals and all these things that were associated with earning this this right to dress a certain way and so it's it's fascinating that we have found ourselves edged out of the concern for aesthetics and have been tricked into thinking that it's anti-masculine when really if you do it the right way it's an incredibly masculine approach to your relationship with yourself and the rest of the world totally and what i mean whether we're talking about uh you know masculine feminine man woman same sex marriages. I feel like it's uh, a lot of it still is there's a, an attraction to a man who quote unquote has his stuff together, mm -hmm. uh, has an appearance, you know? Um, and I think yeah, there's a big part of a sexual attraction, but there yeah. is just an attraction guys right. want to see guys that, that have it together. And, right. and that's, that's admirable and desirable. And we should embody that. Let me, let me ask you along those lines, some things that I feel like are interesting, like whether you see it in, uh, just professional sports. Let's just say that mm -hmm. where guys walk into the arena and they're dressed to the nines, you know, and there's a part of me, I'm like, Oh shit, that's, that's pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, in the sense of like, look at that outfit. And yet there's also sometimes I feel like a, uh, a peacocking or a, uh, a lack of congruency where I feel like it comes off to me as very insecure, mm -hmm. you know? And so I guess the question is how, how do you find that, uh, that balance of, you know, obviously doing the work, the inner work so that the, the inner and the outer align. And it's not just like, you're just putting on a mask. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, we have this kind of like false binary in our heads where you get the guys who are the peacocks, the guys who are really high status in there. They have an aesthetic or an appearance that is almost desperate for attention where it's mm -hmm. like, I dare you to not notice me and I will command the entire room and I'm going to insert myself and almost like visually rape is too strong of a word, but I'm visually going to just like inject myself into your world. And I dare you not to notice me. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so a lot of us are resistant to that idea because there's bravado and there's this gouchness and there's this arrogance to it that, that, that doesn't work. But then we create this false binary of, okay, then the alternative is where your average guy is today, which is I want to dress in a way that catches no attention. I don't want people to notice me at all. I don't want people to think poorly of me. I don't even want them to think positively. I just want to not exist. I don't want to register at all. When really the healthy balance for the average man is 
I'm comfortable if you pay attention to me with the pressure, with the expectation, with everything that comes with that. But I'm also comfortable if you don't pay attention to me. I, I don't need that validation. I'm not desperate for your attention. And so it's finding the middle ground between those two and knowing when to turn up the attention or turn it down and being able to navigate that whole spectrum as opposed to treating it like it's just an on-off switch or this false binary. Yeah, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's very true. And I've, I've found myself um, even personally kind of, uh, like the pendulum kind of swings mm -hmm. there's throughout the last 10 years, let's say there's times I'm like, I'm totally like, I want to dress, a, you know, well, and, uh, update my wardrobe. And there's a lot of times I kind of just don't give a fuck, yeah. unfortunately, you just know, and that, care. but it reflects certainly where my mental health is. Mm -hmm. Right. There's Absolutely. times I'm just, I'm lost in life. And so I totally resonate with guys that listen to, to this podcast or tune in and in, in some of the other platforms to like, man, I'm just kind of struggling with where mm -hmm. I'm at in life. And I don't have a whole lot of motivation to, to go out and, you know, really care what I look like. So I'm just going right. to throw in. A well, what's hoodie, so interesting you know? is if you switch that, because yeah. a lot of times we do, we lead with our emotions and then our appearance follows. Mm. But then the problem is, is there's this back and forth, because if what you see in the mirror every day, what you see on zoom calls every day, if what you see every day is a guy who doesn't look like he cares and he doesn't have his act together and he's just kind of, doing the bare minimum to get by and not make waves, then that's what you reinforce in your head. And so there, there yeah. becomes this kind of reverb of this is where you are. Whereas a lot of times what you need is to change your appearance so that what you see in the mirror is somebody who isn't caught in a rut, who isn't making the same just repetitive Monday through Friday over and over again. But you, if you start to see yourself differently, then you change the script and you change your self pers perspective and then you start to see yourself as somebody who is more motivated, who is more assertive, who is more willing to do what he needs to do to get done. Yeah, that's a good point. And I feel like that uh, resonates from what I even I experienced in high school and college playing mm -hmm. tons of different sports. And my coaches were always like, you know, kind of like a uniform or like a military, well, certainly a uniform, but more like the military, like, you know, have your shit put together yeah. and look good because if you look good, you play good. And I exactly. also feel like people have said, especially throughout, throughout the last couple of years of like, man, if you, if you're just working from home, living from home, COVID's going on, like, and you're feeling like you're, it's, it's like groundhogs every, every single day, like yep. get up, make your bed dress as if you're going to the office. Right. Even if you're, you know, going into the other room, you know, and I think there's a big part to what you said there where like, sometimes you can change your mental health that way mm -hmm. or your outlook on the day by just shaving and yeah. you know doing your hair and putting on a, a good looking outfit right exactly and it doesn't have to be a suit it doesn't have to be a button-up in slacks it doesn't have to be formal or stiff or, or uncomfortable but it should be something that what you're doing when you're working is different than when you're off the clock because even then it puts you in a different mindset and you can clock in and clock out and one of the reasons why the last mm. two years have been so hard on so many people is that all of the different lines in our lives have blurred because Work sure. is from home. Dating is at home. Everything is at home. And we're just in this kind of like nebulous purgatory of everything feels the same and looks the same and becomes the same. And we are wired for distinction and for variety. And so one of the ways that you still have control over that is by changing the way that you dress, depending on what you're doing. Your gym clothes should be different than your work clothes, which should be different than your date clothes, which should be different than your just hang out on a Sunday clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it puts you in different mindsets and it helps you create that variety, even if it's just mentally. Yeah, uh, totally makes sense. So it, if a, a new guy's uh, new client of yours is coming in or a guy that's listening to this thing, like, okay, I don't even know where to begin. Mm -hmm. Where do you start? Do you start kind of more on the, 
Um, do you actually start going through their, their actual wardrobe and looking at what they've got to, to see what they can work with? Or do you Always. actually start focusing on more of like creating their own like avatar of like, okay, what's the ideal image of, of what you want to look like and, and, and show up in the world as, yeah. you know, yeah. is it a combination? No, always of start with like where that? you are. Always okay. start with where you are because yeah. whether we like it or not, most of us already have a relationship between how we dress, how we present ourselves and what our identity is. Mm -hmm. You can be the most antipathetic or claim that you don't care about how you look, but I guarantee you that if I told you to put on a dress or put on a tuxedo, even if there's resistance to that, it's because you care about how you look like your identity is somehow rooted mm. to your appearance. And so if you start with where you are and you start to analyze, okay, why do I feel like the best version of myself? Why is it that when I'm in these clothes, I feel awesome. And why is it that my wife bought me this and I never wear it? Or why is it that I feel like crap when I'm in this or that this is my default. And when you start to analyze where you are, then you start to build up. And so that's, that's what I do even with my clients is we always start with where they are and use that to diagnose what their current relationship with their appearance is. And then you start to move toward what the ideal version of it is. Otherwise, I mean, it's really easy to make somebody stylish. Just here, go buy, go buy this suit and go buy these jeans and those shoes and throw it on with that shirt and tuck that in yeah. that way and roll that. Like that's super easy, but stylishness is never the goal. And most mm -hmm. guys resent the idea of stylishness because it feels inauthentic. What you mm -hmm. want is something that's stylish and aesthetically pleasing, but it also feels like you're you when you have it on. And so you have to start with where you are and then move towards style as opposed to trying to build an identity around something that somebody else says mm. is aesthetically on trend this year or something else. That something you said just right there resonated with me where I felt like I had a friend from college who reached out to me and it was, uh, sold me some like Rodan and Fields facial, you know, evening mm -hmm. care thing. And, and I was like, honestly, like, she's like, what do you think? I was like, I guess it's good, but like, there's something I just don't like the four step. Yeah. Like, give me one step, yeah. you know, and the same thing with fashion, uh, with style. Like if it starts to become too much, I start feeling maybe effeminate or I don't know. It just starts to turn me off. I'm like, this is too much. This is too much. Mm -hmm. Just help me put on something that looks good, but I almost want it to look like, and maybe that's just my style. I want it to make it feel like I didn't put a whole lot of effort into it, but it still looks good. And it's not like, Overly I think involved. most guys are that way because, you know, okay. if you look at kind of the core virtues of masculinity, mastery is one of them. And we yeah. like to look like we're effortless. We like mm. to look like what we do, we do without having to think about it. And that may be how we play a sport or how well we do our job or how we are right. as dads or husbands, like effortlessness is the goal. And most of the time we spend our lives as kids and as teenagers going through the effort phases and we deal with like the embarrassment and the learning curve and everything else. But, but by the time we get to be adults, sadly, most of us don't put effort into new things because we're not willing to put ourselves in those situations. And so yeah, when you take something that you do every day, like get dressed and you admit to the world, even subconsciously that I'm trying to do this, I haven't attained a level of effortlessness. Yeah. It really starts to kind of wear on your psyche where it's like, this is one of the most basic human functionalities yeah. and i and i'm still learning how to do it i'm still not good at it and it's it's hard to get over that hump but i think that's that's all the more reason to have a coach like you who's like mm -hmm. no nah, dude this is a normal feeling this totally. comes up with a lot of my clients totally. you have to just work through it you do this enough just like getting into the gym i remember working out in high school for the first time lifting weights and it felt so awkward i was so like awkward. what is yeah and then over time you know you get comfortable you just know the 
the way it works. And I feel yeah. like the same thing with, with uh, fashion and style in that regard too. I feel that way still when it comes to like jewelry, like mm-hmm. I want to wear jewelry and I see guys and I notice a lot of stuff that you put on, like you just wear jewelry well. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to begin picking out jewelry. Like I'd like to wear more, Yeah, but so I the easiest, then I feel funny, you know, going with it. The easiest way to do it. And this is again, another one of the distinctions between men and women is women yeah. can just aesthetically just say, Oh, that looks cute. Or that looks good. I'm going to buy it. Men, we don't have that luxury. And so the way you do any sort of accessories <laughs> or any sort of jewelry yeah. is it has to have some meaning to it. And I mean, we get it like you wear a wedding ring. The reason why men wear red wedding rings is because there's this symbolism that's attached to it. And that's very normal and very standard for us. Take that same concept and do it with another ring and just make it mean whatever you want it to mean. I mean, I've got a big signet ring that I wear that has some religious significance. I've got a couple of bracelets that I wear that are representative of different accomplishments or help me get into a different mindset that remind me of things built around being an entrepreneur. And as soon as you infuse some meaning into it, and then it becomes that I'm wearing it for myself, it's really easy to do. I mean, do you have any tattoos? Yeah. Okay. Same. You do it with tattoos. Mm-hmm. Why not do it with a ring or a necklace or a bracelet? That's and good then point. you can play with it the same way. You get your tattoos for a reason. They have this personal meaning to you. There's this story that's associated. Just do the same thing with jewelry. And it's mm-hmm. really easy to pull it off and feel comfortable with it from there. Mm. That makes sense. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Um, because uh, you're right, even whether it's buying jewelry for myself mm-hmm. or jewelry for, you know, a, a female mm-hmm. in the past, a lot of times I'm like, I have no idea, right. no idea. So a lot of times right. I'll go with her, like, Hey, I'll buy this, you know, I'll buy whatever you want. And then whatever she gets, I'm like, Oh, I would never have gotten that never for her. Like figured that yeah. not that I don't like that, but that's, I would never even know that's her style. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's similar to what other guys feel too, when it comes to choosing jewelry for themselves. Yep. It's just another skill set to develop because when you were nine, you wouldn't have been able to pick tattoos for yourself. They would have been stupid, right? But as you get older and you're surrounded by other men who do it in a certain way and you're part of a culture that has this aesthetic with tattoos, you start to pick up on that and it's the same thing with jewelries or other accessories. Well, let's be honest. So there are some adults who still choose tattoos that are like like they're nine years old, you know? But it's, uh, it is what it is, right? Um, uh, I guess along those lines, are there anything, uh, the things that you see that are definitely like, no-nos for style or jewelry, you know, earrings or rings on your index finger or like I'm making stuff up, but yeah, anything like that. that There are very few that are absolute no-nos. And maybe one of the best ways to think about it is clothing is its own version of communication, Hmm. just like speaking or writing or something else. And there are no words that you don't say there are curse words that you say in a certain context or hopefully you're using them the right way and other more articulate words that you use in the right context there and clothing is the same way because you can take something like earrings that 15 years ago had a very kind of like punk connotation to them and now you see a lot of like young zoomer bodybuilders that are doing earrings again and so a lot of it is going to be rooted in your tribe in your environment in what you want to communicate just like there are no objective sounds that you that nobody ever makes with their mouth because it's just outright evil or wrong <laughs> depending on the context yeah. and who you are you can absolutely say certain words and so it's knowing context more than just like hard hard fast rules on anything mm-hmm. that's really cool i love Does that, that makes sense yeah it totally makes sense yeah. uh, when we're talking about um fashion in regards to like and i don't know if this comes up much but like in relationships mm-hmm. i know like whether we're talking about 
certainly in high school and college, like, okay, you're going to a prom or something like that you want mm-hmm. to kind of find something that, that is aesthetically pleasing that matches kind of somehow with your spouse or your significant other. <clears throat> um, I feel like that's, I certainly have met women in, in dating who like our styles are so not mm-hmm. alike. Right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like guys too, like whether you're going to, uh, whether it be a, a function, a gala, something like that, is it, is it corny? Is it cool? Is it, you know, to, to work off of like what, what your lady or what your partner is putting on, or is that something to not even think about? Like, is that even the ideal that, honestly, that you think is about? that you yeah. hold enough frame that she starts to dress according to what you're doing instead of mm. vice versa. Mm. And you can think about it really with things that are as simple as are you doing are you doing something that's a little bit darker and more serious? Then she's going to start to reflect that as well. Are you doing something that's a little bit more fun and celebratory? Then she's going to start to do that too. But most of the time when you see couples that look like they're overly coordinated, <laughs> there's this kind of effeminacy to it where what's being communicated is I am my wife's Ken doll, where yeah. she dressed me, she mommy put on my outfit for me and told me that this is what I was going to wear. And so it's more if you if you have a good sense of your own frame and who you are and you dress in a way that accurately reflects that and then you give her the opportunity to be able to kind of mold her style or her aesthetic around that then that's where it becomes very powerful for not only everybody around you but even more importantly for the two of you and what you're doing could you go in a little bit more because I'm, I'm imagining there might be a guy or two or like what do you mean by like a strong enough frame okay i know yeah. you kind of just talked about it but okay here's, here's a good example a like um, a couple of years ago, we went to this charity boxing event and it was a formal event. And most of the guys that were there were wealthy, they were donors, and they basically were wearing rented prom tuxedos where mm. their wife is wearing a red dress. And so they're wearing this like black tuxedo with a bright red vest on it. And it looks incredibly childish and like you're just going to the prom and you are an accessory to your wife. Whereas if what you, re- if what you recognize is no, I'm not an accessory for her and I want to look like Bond or I want to look dangerous or I want to look high status. And so I'm going to wear just a midnight blue tux that fits me well and it's incredibly simple where the whole function of it is to make me look good. The focus is on me instead of on the clothing. Then she can look at it and dress in a way that looks like she compliments you instead of you dressing in a way that you're an accessory to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah more sense. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like, again, that a lot of that... Uh comes back to uh your ability to to hold space Mm -hmm. your ability to to know yourself to love yourself to be confident to uh not be insecure yeah right a lot of let me give you another example of this there's one that this i see this all the time especially so in utah mommy blog culture is huge because we have lots of young families and there's a lot of status that's associated with this and these women have these perfectly curated lives and their Instagram filters are all spot on and their kids are beautiful and they're dressed a certain way. And then the husbands end up looking really cute because they're wearing clothes (laughs) that fit in a certain way and it coordinates with what their sons are wearing. And it all looks like it's picked out by mom and it's them entering into her frame that the woman is the one who sets the aesthetic tone and it's my job to come into what she is. And so there's nothing masculine or nothing expressive from his perspective about what he's wearing it's all expressive of her and her taste and her opinion Mm. whereas if you dress in a way that says no this is who i am and who you are on the outside aligns with who you are on the inside 
and people see that and you see that. So your body language changes and the, the gravitas and the self-respect and the dignity about the way that you dress changes, then you will find that a lot of times your wife will start to reflect that your kids will start to reflect that. And so it becomes that you are that kind of aesthetic center and it gives them space to work around as opposed to you just get pulled into her orbit and you look cute for her Instagram photos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, re- I was resistant. So were some of my brothers uh, to doing, you know, the Christmas photos when we were younger yes. and all wearing the matching mm-hmm. Christmas sweaters with that my mom picked out. Yep. But then fast forward to years and years and years ago when I was married and my ex-mother-in-law, you know, got us all matching pajamas christmas pajamas and i was mm-hmm. like no i cannot i mean i did Hard it pass. but i was like oh like hate it. this is the first christmas i can't not do this but i i hate it mm-hmm. i totally hate it and so i think there's uh or i i see someone at disney world where it's just like a husband and wife and right. you can just tell he like put on this matching disney shirt with her exactly <laughs> you and know he just doesn't have the stones to be able to just draw a line and say no yeah. and part of it is because He's claimed his whole life. He has no aesthetic opinions anyway. So why you don't have any credibility to start fighting now? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So a lot of that is kind of the healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. It is. It's like you said, having the the courage to be like, you know what? This just doesn't feel authentic for me, you know? And and she should never, you should have a strong enough opinion about your appearance that she doesn't ask. You know, I'm sure that you've probably seen, this is a month old, but there was a, there was a TikTok and Instagram meme going around of like, couples that would go out on group dates and all of the men were tricked into wearing the same shirt. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Everybody's laughing at them. And it's just, yeah. I can't imagine going on a date and having my wife pick out a shirt for me. Yeah. Right. That's the problem. And yeah. this becomes a manifestation of the problem that you're like, you, you are so weak in this arena that you just completely delegate it to your wife and say, dress me up like your Ken doll. And then yeah. you're surrounded by a bunch of men who do the same thing. And it's all at your expense that you all look the same and har har. Yeah, it goes back to the whole happy wife, happy life yep. thought, which I think is is a, a horrible, I mean, it's not horrible, but it's like, that's, yeah, it goes back to more or less what we're saying. You yep. got to have the, the stones to be able to say, you know what, no, like this is, this is who I am and this yeah. is what I do. And if you have a problem with it, like, then you have a problem with it, but you know. I'm not playing is, dress up for you, babe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which again, goes back to doing the work, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of guys need to continue doing, which is what this whole podcast is about is you know, learning about your own sense of how you want to show up in the world. And yep. that includes obviously your, your style, but how you show up in your relationships, how you show up at work, all of the above. Yeah, right? absolutely. You, I, I saw that you also talk about uh, various kind of archetypes. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. in men's development, in the men's world, whether they're talking about Kings, warrior, magician, lover, that sort of thing, there's those type of archetypes, a lot of different types of archetypes, but there's archetypes as it relates to fashion mm-hmm. as well. What are some of those? And and do you feel like a lot of men fall into one or the other, or, or obviously there's a lot of archetypes because men don't all fall into one or the other. Right. There's, there's a lot. So the way that it breaks out is there's three different style archetypes and men have a combination, a unique combination of all three. And so how that breaks down is you've got rugged, which is basically that you primarily, primarily interact with the world physically. Mm-hmm. Um, you work with your hands, you like to be out and do things. And so that may be sculptors it may be blue collar workers it may be uh adventurers or uh, or athletes or guys that they that's their primary way of interacting with the world you've got refined guys who primarily interact with the world by understanding social hierarchy and understanding rules and systems and all of that and then they thrive by playing according to those rules hmm. and then the third one is rakish which is the guys who understand hierarchies and systems just as well as the refined guys 
but rather than thriving and feeling at their best by playing by the rules, they thrive and are at their best by going against the grain and kind of going outside the system. Mm. And there are aesthetics that represent all three of these archetypes. And so the best style is when you know that I've got this amount of rugged and this amount of refined and this amount of rakish in me, and my clothing can accurately reflect that so that mm. again, what I see on the outside is congruent with what my identity is on the inside. And it's multidimensional instead of I'm just this caricature of I'm all this way or I'm all that way. Well, okay. So that answers my question, which is like, okay, so you fit into one, but as you're saying that, and as I was looking on your website, I'm like, I can kind of see Mm -hmm. myself fitting into all three at different times. Right. Yeah. So that's okay. So that, that helps because I'm like, huh? Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I always fall into one or nor do I feel like my mood actually reflects, you know, what I want to wear in a certain scenario. Right. right? Or even you may be rakish in one environment with one group of people and totally refined in another environment with another group of people, or there's, there's an evolution of your life because as you go through this self-development, maybe you were always really refined and you like systems, but it's not because you actually like systems. You were just a nice guy and a people pleaser. And now that you're finding yourself to be a little bit more willing to kind of go against the grain or to be a little bit more assertive or a little bit more dominant, some of that rakishness comes out. And so that needs to start being reflected in your appearance as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got that. I know the guys that reach out to me for, you know, lifestyle coaching and whatnot, uh, or a variety of different things, you know, they get to a point where they hit like an emotional threshold Mm -hmm. where they're like, you know what, like, shit, this has to change, uh, for one reason or another, whether it's their relationship or various other things. What tends to be, if you see a, a, a common pattern of the guys that you're coaching, yeah. is there a, is there a common pattern of like a certain emotional threshold that they're hitting that they're saying, okay, I've seen your stuff, Tanner, I'm reaching out to you. Cause like, I'm just sick and tired of being an old version of me. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, I got a new job. So I need to like change, like, what's the thing that, that tends to push them the catalyst to push them to reach out and work with you. So there's, there's usually three things. Um, one is definitely a big change in whether it's career or divorce or some major like life circumstances where the basis of the identity changes. And then I got to, I got to start over from scratch. That one happens a lot. Um, second one is a major physique change where it's, I dropped 60 pounds, none of my old clothes fit anymore. And I don't want to waste all my money just buying the same version in a smaller size because I hated it anyway. And I want this to kind of reflect something new. Right. And then the third one is the guys who they've started to get addicted to self-development and they've started Mm. to realize that there are all these arenas in my life that I want to optimize and I need to get my style. So it's on the same level as everything else, because it's glaringly low in comparison to my fitness or my finances or, or something else. Mm. Those are the guys that, that I work with any of those three departments and they come well, what I've found is that guys who are just like caught in a rut and they're, they're just frustrated with who they are. They don't know where to start. They don't know what to do. Those are the guys that I end up actively turning away and saying, you need me, but you don't need me yet. You Mm -hmm. need to get something else. That's much bigger and much more important under your belt. You need some bigger wins. So that's usually either going to be relationships, fitness, or finances, preferably a couple of those. And then we can supplement with your style. But sadly, over the years, I've, I've learned enough from hard experience that if guys start with style, it's not enough to get them to make the transition into bigger things that matter more. And to really own it. You know, mm-hmm. they might go and buy a bunch of stuff and then never actually They just wear go back to feel- wearing the same stuff that they were six months before we started working together yeah. because the dissonance between how they present and who they are is too strong. Whereas if you've already built this self-development momentum, 
that's when you can add in your appearance and you can use it to build the momentum and keep things going. Mm, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's cool. Um, because I do feel like there's certain guys that maybe they're just looking for a quick fix, you mm-hmm. know, and maybe it's uh, similar to the, the guys that I work with who just want to lose 40 pounds and they think that's going to change everything for them yeah. and they lose it and then nothing's changed, you know? Right. And especially because, I mean, changing my physique changed everything, but it's not because my physique changed. It's because I learned how to love being in the gym. I learned how to develop a sense of tenacity. If you would have taken me eight years ago and just snapped your fingers and the love handles were gone and I had more size on my chest and shoulders, nothing about my life would have changed. It's the work that goes into it that the real benefit comes from. Yeah. 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 I love that. Well, maybe a more of a a, a personal question. What's an area of your life that you're wanting to level up or are in the middle of kind of challenging yourself to improve, whether it be in your fashion or your Mm -hmm. fitness or your relationships, what's, what's an area for you personally that you're working on? Um, One of the biggest things that I'm working on is being able to, to understand the ability. I don't know how to relax. I'm, I'm high strung. I'm neurotic. I'm Mm. hypersensitive to where I am. I take emotional responsibility for where my wife is or where my kids are or all these other things. And I have to learn, I'm working on learning one, how to be able to relax and two, how to be able to feel conflict or tension or anger or sadness or any sort of these negative things and not immediately change my behavior as a way to get rid of those negative feelings, but Mm. just learn how to sit with them and be able to feel negative emotions as opposed to escaping them through productivity or anger or distraction or something else instead. And honestly, this, this last year has been some of the hardest self-development I've ever done because it's not as easy as getting better in the gym or changing my wardrobe. It's, it's unraveling and unwinding a lot of deep, deep programming from my entire life. Gosh. Yeah. How relevant is that to so many guys that are listening, you know, yeah. uh, totally feel that as well. And I feel like that's something I've, I've certainly done too. And, and continue to do here and there with just being a workaholic or mm-hmm. distracting myself through various things when I just need to not define myself so much as being a human doer, mm-hmm. you know, and just, relax, enjoy life. Yeah. Cause you, I'd imagine you, you feel it too. Like the older we get, the faster it's going. Right. You know, and, you're, and you're probably watching your kids just growing up so yep. fast. You're like, Oh, I got to enjoy have no this. value. If I'm not producing, I have yeah. no sense of self, if I'm not being productive and who am I? And, and so it is, it's very self-serving and very distracting, even though I can convince myself that it's altruistic. And so learning how to recognize the real motivations and then back off enough that I can actually take a vacation with my wife or that I can take time off with my kids and be present instead of always being pulled back in by my phone or something else. It's, it's, it's a challenge, totally a challenge, but how are you actually going about doing that work? So one of the things that I'm doing is I'm really starting to understand the concept of internalized shame. Um, I'm, I've gone through a couple of books, which are really fascinating. One is, um, uh, breaking the shame that binds us or something like that. I'm reading another one right now called the body keeps a score which Mm -hmm. is a fascinating idea. Uh, I just, I've done physical challenges for the last six years and it's boxing or um, big, like long distance Ironman triathlons or Mm -hmm. big Spartan beasts. And one of the things that I've, I did this year, just within the last week is it's like, I'm not doing the Spartan this year. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go start doing yoga so that I can start to learn how to, how to relax. Or I'd learned, I'm started learning and playing the cello within the last year to start to to bring out the artistic side 
and the balance that way as opposed to just go 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 tense 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 and do all that that way yeah Mm -hmm. which i think actually the correct me if i'm wrong but my thought would be like yoga uh meditation practice or just praying more um doing things that you mentioned too or just a little bit more on the um expression of the feminine side of uh, of us you know Mm -hmm. it's more of focusing on on being present in the moment and, and focusing on the being versus the masculine. It's always just kind of doing, checking things off. Um, and you're looking to find that balance a little bit more. Well, and I, I would push back against, and I think that's one of the problems is we see one is inherently masculine and one is inherently feminine. Yeah. Whereas I think that there are masculine ways to be present or masculine ways to be tender 100%. or masculine ways to be humble and coachable, just like there are feminine ways to do all those things. And so yeah. we create these issues where, okay, take like, take sitting in your feelings, like even the way that we say that, and it just feels like this is very feminine and very effeminate. And it's because we've allowed that to be something that is a feminine thing to do. And the masculine concept, take a conversation. When my wife wants to talk, she just wants to be heard. She just wants to be felt. And what I do is I want to fix the problem, right? We all know that stereotype. And I need to learn how to be able to talk and express in a masculine way that is still sitting in those things and experiencing those things. And it's grounded as opposed to, I'm just talking through this so I can fix it, or I'm doing it in a feminine way because it's a feminine approach to emotions or feelings too. We need to be able to find the masculine way to do all of these things. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. Yep. And then, and then not like you said, uh, or reading between the lines, it's like not judging certain behaviors or ways of being as being masculine or feminine or, you know, that's not so much me or that is mm-hmm. me. It's just more like, no, you're right. You can sit and, and not be like, Oh, sweetheart, tell me more. And Oh my gosh, it's so you'd be like, Oh babe, that's, that's really like, there's a different way of holding space, whether it's exactly. in your masculine or your feminine, not to make it right or wrong. Right. But I think that's, that's great. And I think yep. that still goes back around full circle to what we're talking about, which is, I think that's just it. At times I started feeling like I was losing my center mm-hmm. when I'm like doing all this stuff to my face with four or five mm-hmm. different creams. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this yeah. is so not my core. You and know? you're taking aesthetics from a feminine perspective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as yeah. opposed to taking it from a masculine perspective. And, right. and a lot of that reframe is so, is so crucial. I think about this with my son who my son is a very tender and a very empathetic kid. Hmm. And it's one of his biggest strengths. And I know that if he were to be raised in an environment that a lot of his friends are being raised in, or a lot of my friends were being raised in when I was a kid, that that would get crushed out of him. And his two options would either be to lean into the effeminacy and become flamboyant. And whether he's gay in sexuality, it would be gay in behavior, right? He could go that way, or it just gets crushed out of him. And he starts to resent that tenderness and it becomes something that he feels ashamed of. And it's like, no, there are ways to do this as a man and still be masculine. And so it's my job to help him cultivate that as opposed Mm -hmm. to either embrace the feminine or crush it out of him completely. Completely. And I think that's the, the, the wonderful balance that we're looking to strike, at Mm -hmm. least uh, I think personally with all my ways of being, but, uh, but also when it comes to fashion to where like, yes, I take pride in how I look Mm -hmm. I, I put some thought into it some intentionality, but I don't kind of lose my, my groundedness, my centeredness, exactly. right? It and, doesn't become uh, the core of your identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that can be the case. I certainly see that in other friends of mine where they just put so much 
effort and time and money spent to all of these wardrobes. I'm like, man, you know, where's that sense of uh, stability in yep. your life outside of your, your wardrobe, yeah. you know, if that's the only way that you have a sense of purpose and a sense of value, then you've, you've leaned into the vein and the flamboyant and, and all of that. And that doesn't work either. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Talking a little bit more about your, your coaching, you do one-on-one and group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All virtual in person. What does it look so like with some of the, with a couple of the one-on-one guys, basically, if you've worked with me for a couple of months, one-on-one, then those guys have the opportunity to come out and do some in-person shopping with me out here in cool. Utah. And that's cool. always fun because there's a skill set that's involved in, in learning how to talk to sales associates and be able to determine cost versus quality and all of that. But the vast majority of what I do is virtual and Rather than being a stylist, which is, hey, give me a little bit of basic information and I'm going to tell you what clothes to go buy. Yeah. My whole approach to coaching is I'm going to help you understand who you really are and then give you the system and the skills to be able to then express that through your clothing. And so one of my favorite thing about coaching with my clients is by the time we're done, I just had uh, eight of my clients show up for a live event that I did a couple of weeks ago and they looked incredible. And not a single one of them was wearing anything that I had recommended because they didn't need me to make recommendations. They were totally cool. self-sufficient at that cool. point. And cool. so that's, that's the main objective. And what I do for all my clients is I get you, I make myself obsolete. I get you to the point where you don't need me anymore. I love that. Well, what event was that? If you don't mind uh, it was a masculine style live. It was really fun. We did a day of cool. strength training with the guys uh-huh. from barbell logic. And then we did nice. a day of like deeper style coaching and we got to do <clears throat> all of this in a very synergistic way. And it was, it was a blast. Oh, that's awesome. I do feel like there's a, uh, a huge, for me personally, a huge tie in obviously to, uh, my physique and how I look oh. without my shirt on. Right. Yeah. And Cause I think a lot of guys are embarrassed to take their shirts off, but also the, how you wear your clothing. Oh, hundred percent. Right? The best thing you can do for your style has nothing to do with your clothes. It's get in better shape. Oh, that's good. We said that. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 That's uh so that's part of, part of your coaching. I'm sure it's like, Absolutely. you gotta look at the whole man, the yep. whole process. Yep. Cool. So in terms of uh, then a lot of it's virtual. So anyone listening can, mm-hmm. can hit you up and, yeah. and, and you probably just use FaceTime or whatever to look at stuff that they already have in their wardrobe. Even I'm sure you have a whole process for how yep. you can whole process for it. So if you're interested, you can go to masculine style.com slash coaching and cool. uh, go, you can, basically schedule a quick 20 minute call with me. It's not with some sales guy. It's with me. Yeah. And we can talk about kind of what you're looking for and if I can help you out or not. Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Really, really cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, just sharing the wealth of knowledge. Cause I think it's, it's, that's the, the foundational part. And I'm sure we could actually go a couple of layers deeper mm-hmm. in terms of like the, the psychology behind why this is so important, but maybe we'll do that another yeah. Another episode. Yeah. But, it's been uh, fun to start to scratch the surface, man. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I appreciate it. It's kind of the one-on-one version and we'll go into the 202 version in, in the future, but yeah. uh, I appreciate it. And, and guys, if you want to follow Tanner uh, on, you said on Instagram is kind of your main platform. Instagram you think? and Twitter are my biggest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so both of those are at Tanner Guzzi and you'll find yep. that maybe about 10%, 15% of my content is style related, but I'm like you guys, fitness, fatherhood, business, politics, religion, like anything that has to do with making you a better version of yourself. I want to tackle all of it. And style is just a piece of the puzzle. I love it. Yep. And I think sometimes it's just a good uh, fitness and style, a good place to start sometimes. Yep. Um, Tanner Guzzi, uh, Instagram. I love it. And uh, and you said the other website was masculine style, masculine dash style. 
Yep. Masculine-style.com. Yep. Dot com. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. I so appreciate it. Um, thanks, Johnny. It's been fun, man. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Guys, thanks for listening as always. Hit Tanner up. Give him a follow on social medias, uh, on all the social medias, I should say, platforms. Uh, check out his website and just reach out. You can't, you can't lose anything just by taking about 20 minutes of his time to, to see where you're at and see what he can do to support you. I think it's all part of that uh, Becoming Kings concept that I often talk about. So until the next episode, thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, Share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.